You're listening to Tabletop Arcanum, a podcast dedicated to learning and exploring the hobby of tabletop gaming. Your hosts are Justin Taylor and Richard Geese, so sit back and relax as we talk, discuss, and joke our way through the hobby we love so much. Detective solved 10 mysteries in Victorian London. Sherlock Holmes Consulting Detective is a cooperative game where the players try to solve mysterious cases by interviewing suspects, searching newspapers, and walking the streets for clues. Once you have completed your investigation, compare your detective skills to the master sleuth himself, Sherlock Holmes. And welcome to Tabletop Arcanum. This is Justin and Mindy. And we're back with another review, this time talking about the Sherlock Holmes Consulting Detective put out by Asmodee and Space Cowboy. Uh, this is a, what, one of eight players, the recommended on the box, um, yes. cooperative <laughs> game, 14 years plus, 90-minute uh, estimated playtime, I think is what they put on there. This one's 12 plus and 90 minutes plus on gameplay, so. See, this other one is the 14, 90-minute plus. Yeah. Definitely 90 minute plus, but... Yeah, but yeah, we're going to be talking about these. Now, the nice thing is um, they this is an old series that kind of got bundled together because a lot of the consulting detective stories were kind of loose, and then they, like, this box set, that box set. And over the past several years, they've been actually throwing them into these larger 10-case compilations. There are three of them out right now. There is the, the Thames Murders, Carlton House and Queens Park, the Jack the Ripper and West End Adventures. And coming up later this month, actually, should be the Baker Street Irregulars. So lots of choice. All standalone. They don't rely upon you having a core game to get the next box sort of situation. Right. So. You can pick up any single one of them and be play. good to go. Speaking of uh, playing, mm-hmm. have you been playing anything recently, Mindy? No, <laughs> unless you count reading. Yeah, that's about it. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe some Merge the Cats on my phone, some little app games, some, but some phone games. Yeah, but no, nothing major. And you just? I've been sticking mainly virtual and digital games right now, as far as like um, Spirit Island digital. Blood Rage, uh, which I backed as a Kickstarter, came out digital this week. Didn't really launch very well, but they patched it a few times, so a little bit better. It's just off to a rough start. And other than that, I've been playing a lot of RPGs. Uh, finished a Lost Minds of Fandelver campaign, which then we started Curse of Strahd with the same characters kind of leading into the next story arc. I finished my regular group that Ricky plays in, Waterdeep Dragon Heist, which we're transitioning into the Dungeon of Mad Mage campaign right after that. I'm busy doing that. Okay, sounds good. Yeah. <laughs> Eventually we'll be able to like crawl out of our house and see friends and, and play board games in, in person again. Yes. Eventually. Eventually. Still, like, twisting my arm to play them, I guess. But that's I, me. I know. I'm locked in the house with you, and it's, <laughs> it's, it's hard sometimes. In all fairness, we are still working. True. It's not, you know, total free time. So. <laughs> <laughs> A couple Christmases ago, I had picked you up the Sherlock Holmes Consulting Detective because every time we would be in a store, it was one of those games that you kind of kept catching your eye. I kept picking it up, looking at it. Mm-hmm. And you like mystery games, and, and it's a co-op crime-solving mystery, so... Yes, I like mystery, whodunit type stories, especially like shows and stuff like that, so I definitely like the transition mm-hmm. to a game 
And Sherlock Holmes falls into that. Mm -hmm. I mean, you as players are the Baker Street Irregulars, so you're like the street kids that (laughs) Sherlock Holmes uses like a spy network while solving his crimes. Yeah, the secondary. uh, During the stories. Yeah, the secondary, mm -hmm. go run out and do my, go find these things or something. So most of the cases are kind of like, here's a setup, and now you guys have to go figure it out. While Holmes is still technically working the case, and the whole game game is not only to solve the case, but to solve it in less steps than Sherlock does. (laughs) Now... That is extremely difficult. Right. It's not an easy game. Sherlock is the most efficient. Talk a little bit about that, too, is there's the main mystery that the case is focused on, but there's a secondary story events that are kind of involved that you can potentially discover as well. Mm-hmm. And the whole way you score is you take the number of steps it took you to get to the end versus the number of steps Sherlock did, figure out the difference. Mm-hmm. And if you are over him, you take a penalty. If you're under him, you take you get a bonus. But then there's questions, and you get points based on those questions if you can answer them. The, and there's two series of questions. The yeah. first series is only about the case, and the second series is about the other like stuff that may have been going on. Yeah. And that's where you can kind of make up if you take more steps in Sherlock. To try and get If you know more about that secondary thing, you can right. kind of, you might be able to make it up. But it's tough. It is. It's really tough. Isn't it? Really tough. And I mean, you know, Sherlock is the master detective for a reason. He goes left because that's what his intuition says and he was right. He doesn't <laughs> make mistakes. Because he's crazy enough to just figure it out. Right. And that's, that's the challenge of the game, at least, is he almost does it in such a perfect way you have to be super efficient in your leads and if you make a one or two miss like make one mistake and you start following maybe not the right path. lead you might learn some enough for that secondary question set mm-hmm. but you're definitely going to take longer than Sherlock Holmes as soon as you Step take off. the wrong step. Yep. Yeah. Not the worst thing in the world, but you definitely don't know it until you're like, oh, wow, we yeah. screwed that up. So, first impressions. First impressions. They're like a book slipcase. So, which is one of the things that I've always been drawn to is Sherlock Holmes, typically books. Mm-hmm. And so the fact that they look, they're giant books, but they look like books on the shelf. Mm-hmm. You know, put them sideways, slide them out. It's a whole slide out. They've got all the books in there and stuff. So I've always been drawn to that and, you know, just Sherlock Holmes in general. Then actually pulling them out is really nice because there are... It's a big tray of your components. And all your components are actually just booklets. Books, newspaper-looking articles. Mm -hmm. Really, that's about it. It's just there's not... There's a map in there. It's like it's all paper. It's just (laughs) paper. Yeah, it's paper and... You get a little rule book, which kind of goes over how to play the game, which Mm -hmm. honestly is... Read the case, and then you have the map of London, and then you also have the case booklet, and you will you take turns going, all right, Mindy, you're in charge of the regulars right now. Where are we going? Right. And you flip to that entry in the booklet, and hopefully it's there. Right. And if it is, you get to read it. We find a little bit more. Hopefully it's actually useful, useful. information. Not just a little burp However, about, like, if, nobody's say, there. But if the entry isn't there, you get to pick again, and it doesn't yeah. count against you. And you literally take notes on the side and go, okay, we went to uh, lead number one, lead number two, lead number three, lead number four. Here's how many turns we've taken. That way you track it. And then also it's super useful to make sure you take notes. Right. 
and you, you cross-reference things, and it's it's you tip mm -hmm. pick it apart. But then on the back of the rule book is the general informants that are kind of used throughout the cases. So this could be things like uh, Mycroft Holmes, so Sherlock's brother that you may or may not get some information from. You'll get information maybe from Scotland Yard or some of the various regulars that he hits up yeah. uh, or even some things like the, the carriage depot or scotland yard or uh the morgue right like it's all the regular stuff it's like okay these are places that are very standard places to hit so we so just they might be part of each story they might not be mm -hmm. and you have to kind of decide what you want to do but when you open i mean when you open it up there's you know each of these books is separate Yep. So you get a map of London, you get a directory, which is if you're looking for a very specific place or person. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's like a phone book. Right. On who, who you want to go visit. But each of the, the chapter books or whatever, each story that you're doing is its own book, which is nice so that you can keep that. You can go through it. You mm -hmm. can, um, like we take notes and then just put it in there. Yep. So that you have those. Uh, you mentioned the newspaper clippings. I think that's mm -hmm. a really cool thing because it kind of gives you the newspaper of the day of the case mm -hmm. or the day after the case events mm -hmm. kind of happen. Like murder happened yesterday, so you get today's paper, maybe yesterday's paper. And then there's some clues or details or like goings on um, that you may or may not pick up from that. Right. So that's uh, another thing that they include. But then each case is its own booklet yes so you only have like a small while well, it comes with 10 cases in the book the boxes are heavy you only use like one or two things in it to start at with, a time yeah. i mean that's really nice it's nice that each one's its own book i really like that and it's really simple and if we really wanted to i mean you could take one book your directory the map your newspapers and like go somewhere yeah. You don't have to take the whole book. Oh, man. I could put everything I need to play in this in a backpack. Right. Along with everything else I need on a day trip, and we could go play in a park somewhere. Right. It's, um, it's nice and portable in that sense. Mm -hmm. You just kind of have to have that pre-planning, knowing that, hey, we're going to go Right. And we're going to do this. Yeah. Other than that, like, the, the booklets themselves are... They're sturdy. We pass them around. We, oh, they're God. sturdy enough. Yeah, they're sturdy. They're, they're thick. Feel like... Not like a book, but, like, thick enough. It's a good start. A good Cardstock where yeah. it's not going to rip very easily for you. Right. The books in general, they're very just like a basic color. There's nothing really fancy about them, which is kind of nice, especially, you know, when you're thinking mm -hmm. about Victorian London, you want like they're simple. They're color-coded too. So between mm -hmm. like, so the red boxes, um, the Jack, Jack Ripper, West End Mysteries, which is very all the booklets are like red, red on the outside with the little black, art on the front. Yeah. The blue box is your Carlton House and Queen's Park, and those are all blue inside. Mm -hmm. So, like, you could literally put them all in one giant box if you right. get the whole, like, if you keep collecting them, and you can still tell which one's which. Yeah. For what it is, it's a really good idea for it, I guess. Yeah. Especially for being a, you know, consultive type based on books and stuff like that. So, yeah. The first impressions are really good. It's not quite like anything else out there which is always helpful in mm -hmm. my mind yeah um not even like the escape rooms in a box either right which even those like the unlock and the exit series are kind of similar so I, I i first impression wise i always think that when i look at a game is like is this like anything else right i i mean i really like it i don't honestly couldn't think of anything they would do differently for the series yeah <laughs> no no I, really. I can't like it's just it's a nice feeling it's like it's nice to have that book and like mm -hmm. just sitting down and, and doing that so instead of board game that you're moving something or rolling dice or something this is just more all for you 
So right, it's your pace. Your it's very casual in that sense. Mm -hmm. um, it's super stressful when you're like, ah, oh, where yeah. we need to go next because I have no idea, or we have too many ideas and only one of them is probably right. Right. So let's talk about some of the good things. What does the Sherlock Holmes Consulting Detective series do well? It does well at the mystery and the thought process of trying to get you to think what would be the next step? What, where do I want to go? Mm -hmm. It does really good on that. It does really good on like storytelling per se. Even though you're going from one space to another, you don't feel like all of a sudden this is like some different story. When you're going around from spot to spot, it all flows right. and it flows well. I think it occasionally we had some times it wasn't the greatest but but that's mostly because it is open-ended enough it doesn't necessarily say you're going to go here to here to here to here if somehow because of your logic leaps a step mm -hmm. you it may seem a little long i think we had one of the jack the ripper cases that felt a little weird because of that but uh, yeah because we ended up somewhere and all of a sudden they were talking about something else that we had apparently should have known already right <laughs> so but otherwise, I mean, it does that really well. I think it does well on giving you options of where to go, too, mm -hmm. and really giving you a lot of ability to move around the city or the area in which you need to be right. moving. Uh, what do you think it does well? So it provides a really good challenge. And co-op games, I feel, need to do that. If you always feel like you're winning a co-op game, then it, it'll... There's almost like the why are you trying mm -hmm. aspect that I come across. So like when I when I look to a co-op game, I make sure that one of my biggest things is, is there a challenge? Is it something that I can keep coming back and at least not going to win you know, every time? And it's going to be something that like, is it 50%? Is it, mm -hmm. you know, everyone's going to have a little bit different flavor where they want that co-op difficulty to be. But I'm definitely on the more like I rather win maybe 40% of the time to lose 60% of the time. Like, I really want to typically be challenged most games. Right. Um, and Sherlock Holmes, the consulting detective games, uh, do that. Now, uh, the other thing it does well is if you are not really worried about scoring in that challenge, don't have to worry about it. Right. Like, you can actually sit down and just try to figure out the mystery in however many steps it takes you. Right. Do yourself a favor and don't look at how many steps it took Sherlock because you were probably double to triple that number because he is too he's Sherlock. He's, it's Sherlock Holmes and he's the master detective and he is too efficient right. for, he's your, also, for your own good. Uh, he's also not figuring out the side mm -hmm. questions and stuff like that. Right. But yeah, if you're not, if you just want to solve the mystery and know you can solve it, it's definitely a good game for that. I would also like to point out that while it is a one to eight player game, I don't think it does very well at one player because I think you need someone else at least theory craft off of. Now, if you just like to curl up with your own mystery and want to do it yourself, I, I don't think it's going to be that bad. Yeah. I don't think I would like to play this at eight players. I definitely don't think I would like to play it at eight players. I definitely would probably like to try it one time as one player. Mm -hmm. If you're definitely trying to do the scoring. Only because it's a lot easier to be like, this is where I'm going. I'm going by myself. I can do this. Mm -hmm. And quickly go there, read it, go on, and stuff like that. Oh, it would be super quick if you do it by yourself. Right. Eight players would be too long. Right. As you talk it over, you figure out where you want to go. Too many and... cooks in the kitchen. Yes. And we've played, we played four player, mm -hmm. which is a nice size. And what we end up doing is we go from one person to the next as to who gets to pick where we go. Right. And you can make a case sound logical to like half of us. And if that person that has the book decides that's where they want to go, that's where they go. Uh, rules is written essentially how you do it is like 
you as a team can talk and figure out where you want to go, but whoever's quote-unquote turn it is right. gets the final say. If they want to go against the group and they want to go mm-hmm. left when everyone else wants to go right, it's their turn, it's their choice. Right. Because they may be wanting to act on information from like two turns prior. Right. And maybe are, you know, not. I think one of the good things in that sense is you just have to make sure your group can work together. Because mm-hmm. then the rules matter a little bit less. Right. In that sense. In that sense, I think the teamwork and the, cl- the, the thought process that this provokes is where it really shines. Where is it that it does not do so well? I think especially larger player games, um, just because... It's too many people. It's too many people, which either everybody only gets one turn, and your first person is going, that's kind of limiting on where they want to go compared to player number five or whatever Mm -hmm. but also somebody may not get a turn so if you guys decide on player six you're done you know like six turns you're good you've got to figure it out most of ours were floating close to 10 ish it's true and that's mostly because by that point we always felt that like we knew what we knew or we didn't know what we didn't know and we just had to call it right uh it's true but with eight, I think that would be hard. Like, you know? Yeah, I think and that would be everybody gets a turn, and then you yeah. pretty much have to say, yep, we're done. Yeah, and you, especially as a team, have to be in all the same mindset type thing when mm-hmm. you're doing something that big. So I think a smaller group is better. Agreed. It's kind of hard because I do like that it's a book, and I like that you kind of go through and you read these things. But for me, it's hard to read some of them because they're, sometimes they're long and there's a lot of information. Yep you're trying to pick up on that i would like it to be an app where i could put in a number and it would read it to me mm-hmm. so i could concentrate on that but that's also just how i learn best is by listening to something right so you know when we play in four p- players and somebody else is reading i can think about it and put it together than compared if i'm reading it myself right well and the other thing is you kind of hit it some of the entries are like a couple sentences or a paragraph at most, and then there's sometimes ones that you hit that are like half a page to a full page. Right. And these aren't small booklets. The the book the case books are when you look at the box are pretty much almost the size of the box. They're, right. And it's, it's not a little tiny Time booklet. booklet. Right. Yeah, I think you hit it well with high player count, and there there's mm-hmm. I don't think it's going to shine in high player count. I think that's what's going to hold it back. If you're a hyper competitive player and you really need to make sure you beat Sherlock Holmes. Yeah. This is probably not a game for you. Unless you feel like you can do it in four moves or less for the most part. Yeah. Yeah, and it's, even that it's sometimes. Insane. Yeah. Not spoiling any of the cases, but no. with the amount of cases that we've done out of them, it's insane right. how few, few turns Sherlock ends up taking to right. quote unquote solve the case. Now, he the only main solves one. the main case, and you, every time we've played, we always kind of like gravitate towards those red herrings a little bit in that subcase, mm-hmm. which isn't a bad thing. I think it's more organic and a little bit more interesting, but it's not efficient, which is what Sherlock is. Right. Playtime, I think, is the other thing that this thing wildly is difficult with. I can... Because of the reading, mm-hmm. because you're taking notes, and we typically played with a group of four. Right. So there's discussion and deliberation and things like that, that the 90 minute plus doesn't capture. Right. I mean, I'm pretty sure our shortest game was maybe two hours. Our shortest, was, our shortest I think we did, it was two hours. And I think that was, was the second the... one that we did in a day. Where... Was that or was it the first one for Jack the Ripper we did? Maybe. Because we weren't fighting against Sherlock at that time either, though. Right. So we could, we felt like we could take our time, but we did much faster because we could 
go where we wanted without having to worry about how many times he did something. So That's right. I think that was the one that was the most efficient time-wise for us. But, mm -hmm. it, but either still. way, it, it's nine minutes plus because I think at minimum, mm -hmm. even with one to two players, you're going to be in a case for about an hour because you're going to five, six, ten different leads with different right notes and different readings and some of them are short some of them are long taking yeah taking your notes contemplating where to go looking what information did you get looking the at newspapers. newspapers yeah so the time of the game is very deceptive right not that we ever felt like it was taking forever either though no it never felt like it while we were doing it because right. we were constantly all all players were always almost always engaged right it's also, going back to a positive note, it's a good socializing game in that sense, too. Yes. Not necessarily like we were talking about our day and things like that, but it was a relaxed environment where it was like, whose turn is it? What are we thinking? What are you, taking on, what are you doing in your turn, which is going to affect my turn, which is mm -hmm. going to affect their turn? Like, we never right. really felt that. Right. Um, like the, uh... So it felt a lot more laid back. Mm -hmm. Stressful in the sense of like, okay, we're on our eighth clue. Do we even know Do we what feel we're doing? like we know something? <laughs> or are we really just pulling at strings at this yeah, point? I remember one case that I think we were at like seven or eight and we're like, do we even know what's going on? And like right. all of us looked at each other like, nobody knows. no information as to what... Granted, I think the next clue or two kind of made Everything. a bunch of pieces fall together, but there was a moment where like, Sherlock's, right. we know Sherlock has to be done by now and we don't even know where we're starting. Right. You feel like you're almost at the beginning again. Like, what yeah. are we trying to do again? <laughs> we got all these other clues. They just don't match. It, it has its challenges in that. Mm -hmm. um, the only other challenge I would say it has, they are like a mystery book. It's kind of a one and done. Now, yeah. you get ten cases in a, in a box, and that's a lot. You know, even at two hours a case. That's a lot. That's 20 hours of game, minimum. Right. So it's still a lot in a box. It is. But you're not going to go through it again. So once you've gone through it, it's something uh, much like uh, Time Stories and some of the escape room games. You almost want to make sure you either have so someone to pass it along to, or so, you mm -hmm. know something of that nature. I don't think it's a game to like sit on your shelf and be there forever. Right. No, and I think passing along is great, and especially because of how the books are. I mean, you're not taking notes in them. You're not writing in them. I mean, no. you could, but it's too difficult at that point. You might as well just write it on paper if you're trying to follow along. Right. You just need to make sure your papers are out of there before you hand it off. Or they get a whole lot of unconnected clues and right. it doesn't make any sense. Depending upon how people's notes are. True. Because we do take really good notes when we do it. So right. I think it is one to pass along, which it doesn't bother me i mean i know you mm. gave it to me as a present but it really wouldn't bother me to be like okay we've gone through these eight ten cases right. you know we've gotten our gameplay out of it okay we'll pass this on to somebody else unfortunately it's hard because i want to play with them too to see what they would think but... oh it'd be great to be in a room with someone else's playing right. this but i've there's been several games mm -hmm. where like i would love to be the fly on the wall of right. watching people solve it Wow, that's escape rooms, too, that we've done. No, I always true. like to watch somebody else. But that is one thing that's nice is, like, just being able to hand it off to somebody else, too. But I guess you have to know what your friends are like, too. Mm -hmm. And worst case scenario, even if it's not someone local, you do have online buy trade groups yeah. out there. One of our local gaming stores does a semi-annual auction. Mm -hmm. 
And that's one of the things, like, if I don't know any other players who would actually want to jump in on this once we're finally through everything and we feel like we're, we've gotten our, our money and our time out of them, that's where, our, like, I could toss mm-hmm. it in the auction. Right. But, yeah, like like I said, you're not writing in it, so, you know, yeah. we keep everything neat. Even if you turn roll pages or whatever, it's really not that big a deal. Nope. Now, who would you recommend this game for? And we've <laughs> talked a little bit about it, but, like, what are the actual recommendations? Actual recommendations would be somebody who definitely loves mystery or a solving a case type thing. Like I said, I like the murder mystery. You know, I watch all the shows. Shows and books. I know, and you get annoyed at me because I can pretty much halfway through be like, that's the person that did it because of this, because it's so common in shows. Right. Um, which is, this is not, so which is nice mm-hmm. to have that. It's different than normal, but people who like that, or people who like Sherlock Holmes mm-hmm. in general and want to, you know, love the, the Victorian age era. Yeah. Is, it the theme feels like it. The the script the the dialogue is written in such a way where it feels like it. Descriptions mm-hmm. are very era based, so it it does well there. Yeah. So those type of people, I know it says twelve plus. I guess more adult plus, but I'm sure a twelve year old could. I don't know if they would want to sit that long unless yeah unless they're into that type of thing yeah if you're (laughs) the the reason why i think the 12 14 age marks are on there are more for content and Mm -hmm. the fact that it's a lot all reading right i'm not even going to say a lot it's all reading reading. yeah and a lot of thought provocation which isn't a bad thing um i think it would be good for a family Mm -hmm. in that sense like if you have older children the the 10 maybe 10 plus range Mm-hmm. Who are interested in mysteries and things like this? The only thing I would say is, you know, uh, I know not. they, I know they actually have a content warning on the Jack the Ripper stuff, right? Uh, because of Jack the Ripper, the Jack the Ripper content mm-hmm. is definitely uh, more gruesome and more uh, gory and more violent than some of the other cases. Most of the cases are someone's dead. Isn't much worse than the cr- like crime shows on TV. Mm-hmm. So that's I would say it's more up to parental judgment at that point. But I think it's the reading, the comprehension, and the th- how to think of a murder mystery. And then maybe even the time commitment, like you said. Right. I know I would, as a kid, would have sat through these and just gobbled them up because that's yeah kind of who I am in general. Devoured all sorts of novels growing up. Mm-hmm. And I could sit for hours and do that. But a group of kids, I don't think this would be ideal for. No. In that sense. That's I why I said like a family. Family, yeah, with older teen teens or with, whatever with, you know you know that middle school plus age mm-hmm. bracket i think you'd be okay ish there mm-hmm. it would be um the younger audiences i would say you know because of all the reading and the comprehension and the, yeah the, well, the attention I, span yeah i'm just trying to think because we played two of the western adventures and two of the jack the ripper mm-hmm. and i definitely remember the jack the ripper was much more gruesome oh absolutely and i had trouble with some of it right for the gruesome it is. So that's definitely more of an adult content. But oh, absolutely. The West End Adventures. West End Adventures aren't that gruesome. No. Yeah. Like I said, it's still murder. It's, it's still, still yeah. violence. But it's not graphic. Right. If that makes sense. Yeah. The only other thing like I would not recommend, like I, I put it as one of my con things that doesn't do well. It's like if you are very highly competitive and you feel like you need to beat Sherlock Holmes, this is not a game for you. No. We have yet to beat him. We've gotten a little close. We've got, 
gotten close. Well, then we got, anytime we would sacrifice how close we were, we would miss a question. We would not know something. Right. Which then sets you back anyway. So it's right. almost, I almost feel it's better to take the extra time to make sure you know what? the questions so that you feel better that you solved it. Right. Than beating Sherlock. And it's also, I mean, it's hard because you don't know what those questions are to start with. No, it's all mystery. So you're pulling all this information and you just have to decide, do I, do I feel like I know enough information to answer any question that's right. thrown at me? And sometimes they are... <laughs> something really out of left weird. field and you're like i wouldn't even know we're just gonna take a guess with that well some of our early ones were left field in the sense of like we didn't go to that specific location to learn right that something. little twist that they yeah. asked about now typically it's like okay who did it mm-hmm. why they did it right how and, and sometimes how they did it right sometimes and, not always, because sometimes it's pretty obvious how it was done, but right. like there was one that was definitely like, okay, how did this actually happen? happen. Mm-hmm. So if you approach a bit of like, and if you feel you can answer like those basic like who, how, why mm-hmm. questions, you've probably got enough information. Yeah. If you're shaky on any of those, that's when I would, I would suggest yeah. take another clue or two. So who wouldn't you recommend this for? Is there anyone else that you would not recommend this for? Just people who can't sit still long. I mean, even though you're social, there are people Easily that... distracted. Yes. If you're yes. an easily distracted group, yeah. Yeah. I think that's, that's the other group I would say is not... It's casual, but you have to stay focused on it, otherwise you'll never get through it. Right. And all of a sudden, it'll be eight hours later, and you're still <laughs> on sitting the third there. question. Right. And, and, yeah, somebody who can't make decisions, so... Yeah, sometimes you just have to, like... You just have to go with your gut and go, like, let's we're going go here. He- we're going here, why? Because, because it sounds no good. Other, no other place sounds better. Right. And I feel like we'll at least get something right. from here, even if it's not what we're looking for. Mm-hmm. Overall, okay. I would recommend them if you like those murder mystery games. Mm-hmm. If you're not into the whodunit solving and, and like heavy like brain concept thinking, right? then it's not necessarily your jam. It's not your thing. Right. Pretty much solves this case for Sherlock Holmes, Consulting Detective. Next episode, uh, we're going to have a interview with Mac Martin, the, the one of the des, uh, designers for the Stargate RPG. I know you're not going to be in on that one, but I should be trying to get some of my playtest players from our review of the Stargate RPG back into that so that we can uh, talk about with the designer what's good, what's not, what, and probably get some updates of what are they working on now, and mm-hmm. if they address some of our issues already, which uh, with my casual conversation with uh, Mac already, it sounds like they already have uh, oh, addressed some of it. So we'll talk to him and uh, have some good conversations, and that'll be our next episode. As always, thank you for listening. We have, if you have any questions or want to just chat, we have our Facebook page, we have our Twitter account, we have our Instagram account, uh, we have our email, all which is Tabletop Arcanum or tabletoparcanum at gmail.com. Happy gaming. And happy gaming. You've been listening to Tabletop Arcanum, hosted by Justin Taylor and Richard Geese, and featuring the original music by Paul Moore and Isaac Gilbert. You can follow us on most social media platforms. Please don't forget to like, subscribe, and leave us a review on whatever platform you listen to podcasts. As always, thanks for listening.